Join me in prayer as we enter our message time on this delightful day, Mother's Day. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for all mothers, specifically those who grow through your grace and, and truth and who pass it along to the next generation. And we pray that you will give them, us, love and hope and, and faith so we can be sensitive to the needs of ourselves and others and selfishly serve and care for those around us. Pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Hey, have a seat. Whew. It's warm up here. I think it had something to do with that last little segment I did. Oh, it's warm. Hey, it's good to see you. Uh, it's, hey, let me put it this way. It's, uh, good back, it's good to be back in the saddle again. I haven't been up here in a while. I've been traveling and doing all kinds of different things around our nation. And uh, thank you, John. I mean this wherever he went. There he is. Uh, thank you to John and Steve for filling in uh, as I, I, Sherry and I were uh, going to different places. And boy, did we go to some interesting places. Hey, if you want to hear about that, I'll be talking about that on Wednesday night. Uh, some, some cool things that have happened, and I'm looking forward to sharing that uh, with the church in the, in the near future. So uh, it is good to be back home. Uh, it is Mother's Day, and... Um, I want to share a few words today about uh, the significance and role uh, of mothers and, and the role they play in all of our lives, uh, both good and bad. Because today I know this is a challenging day for so many people because it can go one way or the other. And so uh, I, I'm, so, I'm going to be very sensitive about that today. Uh, first and foremost, because dads, I know some of you are coming because mom made you come today, and I'd like, I like you to come back, so we won't be a cry crying mess today, I promise you on that one, okay? So you can come back, and uh, we'll do that another time, but uh, you got to be sensitive because we want to make sure that um, we're bringing honor to, to the whole picture, if you will. So basically, what am, I, what am I trying to say here? What this means is I get to talk to you about sensitivity, okay, and how this Christ-like trait is key to living out the golden rule. Not only is it key to living out the uh, golden rule, it's also key in keeping our word and our promises. Who's with me? We have to understand this golden rule, the golden rule that Jesus taught, so that then we can be a true reflection of God and we get to honor and truly connect with people in a way that God, in a way that God meant us and how he meant us to, uh, we, yeah, I'm trying to, yeah, uh, we're going to speak in tongues today. No, uh, it, it's the way that we need to be as Christians. And so uh, I get to talk about the sensitivity of Christ and what this looks like through the golden rule. Now, it is the golden rule and keeping our promises and pledges through Christ that every, let me say it this way this morning, sober and mindful mother, I use that word sober for a reason. <laughs> I don't know what you're referring to. <laughs> that every sober and mindful mother wishes their children to live out all of their days. Every mother wants this, okay? And so now if you agree with this, that, that, we, that every mother wants this, on three, say Happy Mother's Day. Ready? One, two, three. Happy Mother's Day. I'm so glad you're with me. I was kind of concerned. So... Yes, this is what every mother wants for their child. Now, before 
uh, we get into the message. Let me introduce myself. I do see a few new faces. Hey, Rick, it's good to see Rick. Hey, Rick and Melody, it's good to see you guys. You guys came all the way from Golden to be with us? Huh? Georgetown, sorry, what did I say? Golden, yeah, same thing. <laughs> so, wow, I didn't know, uh, we're attracting people all the way from uh, Golden, no, uh, Georgetown. <laughs> good to see you guys. I saw them yesterday at a graduation, so good to have you back. Who else, anybody on? I see some new faces. Hey, how you doing? New faces, new faces. Hey, good to have you. Thank you for being with us. Um, just to introduce myself, my name is Drake. Uh, uh, I, I still think I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, we'll see after this service. Uh, but uh, I am the senior pastor here at Elevating Life Church. And let me just say welcome to everyone, to our guests, and of course, to our regular attendees, and of course, to our membership. And as you all know, my heart... Uh, Our members are the ones that allow this and put it together, working with Christ, working with each other. And and they're such a blessing. Please understand, this doesn't just happen. And so uh, welcome to our our members and the people that uh, truly allow us to come in and just experience everything they put together for the whole week. So welcome, welcome, welcome. And again, it is so good to be with you. All right, let me say this. I'm excited uh, about this message, this week's message, and I hope you are too. I hope you're coming with expectations and you're excited. Now, today, Mother's Day, uh, we'll be back in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 7, still amid the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, We've been here for several months now, and we're going to wrap it up here in the next couple of weeks. But before, before we do this, I hope one... Takeaway after studying and looking at the Sermon on the Mountain, I hope you realize how important the Sermon on the Mountain is because when we lean into that teaching, in the teachings of Christ, this is where you're going to develop with a proper perspective with God, a divine perspective. This is where you're going to develop a, a thought process that looks like Christ. Also, you're going to develop a character, habits that you're going to use with this thinking process that you're going to perform and you're going to be able to express the image of God and how you've been created because you've been created in the image of God. And so just these three chapters, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, are crucial. In fact, if, if I was the ruler of the universe, I would say this. Every person that becomes a Christian, a brand-new born-again Christian, I would say, just like we see with the disciples, take the next three and a half years and learn these lessons in the Sermon on the Mountain so that you can develop and grow and be ready to do some actions, as we see in the book of Acts, so that then we can truly develop the church and move forward properly in our day and age. Does that make sense? Team, I went rogue. (laughs) My team loves when I do that, by the way. Where was I? Oh, yes. Matthew chapter 7 is where we're going to be. And this is where, of course, Jesus teaches the golden rule so we, his disciples, can have better relationships, please hear this, less conflict and more peace or contentment in our life. Now, raise your hand if you believe you can benefit more in all of those areas. Better relationship, less conflict, and more peace. Raise your hand if you can benefit more. Every hand should go up here. And this is why Jesus is giving us to this, because he wants us to receive the blessings or the benefits of the Christian faith. Now, understand this. Come on, those those things you brought, knock me down, man. Now, I understand this. Uh, Moms worldwide teach the golden rule. 
And one big reason is they do so to ensure their children don't get um, harmed or manipulated by people who live upside down regarding the golden rule. You know, those who um, live by false promises and, and pledges, those that don't keep the word. Do you know anybody that use their words, they put expectations out there, and uh, they rarely happen. They don't live, they don't think of other people. And we, we as Christians, we're, we are required to make sure that the words we speak are going to edify and lift up and, and help those that are, are in our influence, in our reality. And so every mother... Around the world, I'm going, to, I'm going to assume not every, I'm being a little I'm exaggerating, but at the same time, most understand uh, or teach this to their children so they're not harmed and or manipulated. And let me say this, those that uh, don't keep their promises and or their pledges, I'm a military guy for, for 21 plus years. I know what a pledge is. So those that don't keep their promises and, and pledges, let me say this, just, this is my own personal opinion, they're the worst. Uh, and, and so who's with me on that? Okay, it, It's hurting. It hurts. So again, Matthew 7 is where we will start the message today titled, Religious People, hear this, Religious People Make Promises. Spiritual People Keep Promises. Are you with me? So with that, read with me. We all know this verse, but we're going to use it as just a topical message today, uh, the, the golden rule. Matthew 7, 12 here. Uh, we're very familiar with it, uh, and here Jesus is speaking. Uh, and any time that Jesus speaks, please perk up, listen. And he says this, he's wrapping up the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, I'm going to say this is that, you know, I think of Disneyland when I, I'm reading the Sermon on the Mount, and you get to, you know, if you've ever been to Disneyland, they have these this fireworks show, and they kind of they're kind of good. They're telling a story with it. But at the end, they just knock it out of the park. And that's what Jesus is doing here. He's knocking it out of the park with what he's teaching with the Sermon on the Mount. And it's so radically important that we grab onto it. Because if we don't grab onto this, we miss the entire picture. And Jesus knows that. And he says this. So in everything. Did I say everything? No, it was Jesus who said it. Okay, so in everything, that's everything. I want you to wrap your hands around that, your head, your heart. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. And what Jesus is referring to here, he's speaking to his Jewish crowd, his new disciples. They're, they're Jewish, and they know the Tanakh. That's the Old Testament. And Jesus is now getting to these disciples that throughout their entire experience, their entire life, they've been studying the Tanakh or the Old Testament. And Jesus is saying with this one rule, we can say principle, ethical principle at that, with this one rule, if you can keep it, maintain it. Not be, you're not going to be perfect with it, but if you can maintain it, you got to learn it first, then you got to maintain it. It sums up everything that we're doing as a Christian. Are you with me? And we want to bring honor and glory to God, and we do that by leaning into this one ethical principle that will change anybody's life 
specifically speaking to the Christian, where we're going to do unto others as, the, as what does it say? <laughs> others what you would have them do. Excuse me, sorry about that. Okay, so seven, Matthew 7, 12 begins our message, again titled, Religious People Make Promises. Spiritual People Keep Promises. Now let me, for the new folks here, this might be a little confusing. When I'm talking about religious people in the title here, I'm talking about false religion because there's true religion. Okay? And that's where I'm, I'm implying there with spiritual people keep promises. And I think it's essential because we're going to say, are we religious? Yeah, but we're going to be truly religious where then we're going to live out these principles that then we're going to be expression of Christ in that, in that, um, uh, that image we're created in. So that then we are the essence of Christ in the kingdom of God. So religious people make promises, spiritual people keep promises. Now let me move forward here with our Mother's Day message by doing what uh, so many mothers do. Let me ask you a question. Here's the question this week. Have you ever felt absolutely miserable about being overly sensitive about something or someone where you got angry, you're a hot-tempered person, where you got angry and you attacked the other person. Now, I'm, I'm going to kind of challenge you here. Maybe think of your spouse here. Maybe think of maybe uh, many of you are going to experience a, fa a family gathering. Maybe it was during that time. So that question again is going to be up on the screen here. Have you, on the screen, have you ever felt absolutely miserable about being overly sensitive? Well, tell me this. Did God make us in his image to be out of control uh, and hot-tempered where we attack others, failing completely to be like Jesus? You know the answer, and John just said it. No. Now, we're all guilty. I'm guilty of it. You're guilty of it. We all are. And the thing is, we got to come to a, a normal plane, just recognize it and say, okay, I've got to develop a, a habit in my personality that's going to reflect Christ and, and continue and forgive yourself and others when it happens. But we've all been there. But the challenge or the problem is people aren't going after it. And then if you don't go after it, uh, one or two things, you become overly sensitive. Or, worse yet, you become callous. And that's a bad place to be. So we know the answer is absolutely no. Uh, God made us to be sensitive properly as we see Jesus. So God created us to be in control of all areas of our life and everything as we see with Jesus' words where uh, we can treat others as we would like to be treated with care, responsibility, respect, and with competence. Know-how through Jesus. The key to all of this is assuring we keep in tune with the Christ character trait, I've already shared it, of sensitivity, the habit in our character towards God's love. We do this by understanding, of course, we, we develop this sensitivity by understanding the golden rule that Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mountain uh, to develop the trait, again, that trait of sensitivity, which does knock out that coldness or oversensitivity 
or callousness that is formed by the world. Okay, so I want you to think of your own personality. Are you cold and, or maybe you're oversensitive? I promise you that's not the, the trait of Jesus and hanging out with the right people in God's kingdom. It's hanging around the world that causes that. Okay, so we've, we've got to take responsibility. Are you with me? We've got to care, as I talked about. We've got to respect that, and then we've got to be competent in the Lord. Again, the key, the key, the key is understanding the golden rule. With that, let me share a little story where I failed miserably at honoring the golden rule. It was around 2002-2004 when my wife Sherry, who's sitting up here, she's usually in children's church, so this might come out a little different, and my in-laws are sitting here too. So, <laughs> But it, it was around this time, 2002, we're living in Cheyenne, uh, we still own the home, we had a barn and all that, and when my wife Sherry was going about her daily um, you know, activities, which mainly involve taking care of the boys and, and just taking care of the homestead and all that. Now, let me say this. Sherry is, in, is incredibly caring and, and, and a responsible person who rarely, who rarely is out of control or, or does she become too sensitive. She's in control most of the time, unlike her dad. I didn't say that. Sorry, Rich. had to say it. <laughs> It's not true. Rich is un- under control. You guys can laugh. It's okay. You guys are being oversensitive here. Okay. So, uh, and, you know, let me say this. I am in awe of my wife's strength and character. I am absolutely in awe. And she is not only, uh, let me say this. She's not only married to me, a husband who can sometimes be aloof, careless, and, and, and who's with me, husband? You know where I'm going there. But, she is also the loving mother of our two, how can I put it this way, wild boys. You guys, who know, raise your hand if you know my two boys, Joshua and Jeremiah. Yeah, they're, they're pre-adolescent here, adolescent, so this, this is like a long time ago. So you know what I'm talking about. Okay, again, did I say wild? Did I say wild? Well, two wild boys, including me, uh, Joshua and, and Jeremiah. Now, despite facing various uh, challenges. Sherry always remains positive and remains uh, or and refrains from speaking harshly about anyone. Now, Rick, I'm going to pick on you a little bit. You stayed with us. Is that true? Absolutely, right? She's just absolutely in control. Uh, that means she just has the Holy Spirit. She's stronger with the Holy Spirit than I am. And Rick would say amen to that as well. <laughs> okay. And so, uh, so she doesn't speak harshly of anyone. Um, and now, at this time, we've been married over a decade. We're at 37 years now, so this has been a while ago. We've been married for over a decade. Uh, and throughout this particular day and this time, our boys, did I say my wild boys? Uh, they, at this point in, in their reality, had never, never, ever, ever, ever heard uh, their mother say a bad word. Okay, it was day two with my boys when they heard it out. I'm just going to be real today, okay? For her, this is 10 years now, okay? And they've never heard a bad word. Uh, and I don't think they have, except for where I'm going to right now. Now, on this particular day, Sherry's boys are, and I'm going to, 
put myself in that category two boys. Uh, Sherry's boys are currently being mischievous and making sarcastic comments around the, uh, the house. And their behavior uh, worsens. Now I'm looking at your son here, so I see you're relating here. So their behavior worsens around the house as the day goes on. And unfortunately, her husband, that's me, is not very sensitive or receptive to her concerns with all the antics and sarcasm happening. I'm not. Instead of being, let's say, a loving and and attentive spouse and and a good father, I had this misguided thought of testing my wife's limits to see how much she could handle. Come on, dad's husband, are you with me? No, oh yeah, oh yeah, right, Rick. <laughs> Their wives are here. No, I got courage. She's right here. I'm going to tell the whole story. <laughs> so what do I do? Uh, do I walk towards her uh, as if to console her, to only uh, to do that? To What do I do? What do I, this is what I do. I walk by her. And I'm sorry, Rich, I'm going to say this, but I wasn't expecting you to be here today. But I walk by her and I pinch her on her bottom. Sorry, Rich. <laughs> Linda, sorry. We'll talk about it at our gathering after. I, I, I really do because, you know, I, and so I pinch her to the point that it hurt. And I knew it. And so I'm, I'm testing her. And, and let me say this. And I think uh, your dad's the same way a little bit. Sherry doesn't handle pain well. I've seen both of them, you know, watching TV and somebody's going to get a shot. They faint. <laughs> Right? Just thinking about somebody in pain. So uh, she doesn't handle pain well. And just, again, thinking about that just causes her to, to faint uh, and, and do it. Anyhow, as, she's, as she lets out a painful shriek after the pinch, she yells at the top of her lungs, You! I can't say it in church. I can't say it in church. I'm not going to. Um, but let me say this. It does rhyme with words like stick, <laughs> lick, and, and, and pick, I guess. Pick your nose, right? So she yells at the top of her lungs, you, you get it, yes? At that moment, let me say this. I, can't, she, I didn't know she was going to be in here. Look at her. She's, look, she's crying over here. She knows it's, this is all real. At that moment, it seemed like time stood still. Everything stopped. I mean everything. The boys, me, even our dog, Brandy, stopped. And Brandy, you know, our dog and... Rich and Linda knows Brandy. It was like one of those moments where Brandy stopped. You have a dog, right? Kind of looks at you, tilts their head, like, and, and says something like this. Oh, oh Raggy. <laughs> it was awesome. And as quickly as Sherry uh, said it, she composed herself and knew she had lost it. And just as quickly as she lost it, she collected herself. She was awesome. And what does she, what does she do? Guess what she does? 
She apologizes. Like it was her fault. But she, she apologizes, um, and, and it's sad because it was all my fault. Now, what do I do? Do I lovingly, the story goes on. Do I lovingly put my arms around her and say, it's okay? No, 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 no. What do I do? I gather the boys, because this is a moment, right, who are just as shocked as I was, along with uh, the dog, and we, the boys, are, are dancing and celebrating around the house, okay? Because this, again, this for the boys is like, whoa, and so her husband then, you know, brings them in and we celebrate. You remember that? Very well, yes. And we're celebrating. you got pre-adolescent, adolescent, and big dorky husband just celebrating around the house. I believe I even ran out to the barn and pulled um, the New Year's party goods. You remember, you know, the horns and stuff, you know, that thing? Uh, New Year's party goods out of the storage just to add to the celebration. <laughs> it was a big deal. Such a big deal afterwards, we ran off to Famous Dave's. You know, Famous Dave's where the motto is, uh, may you always be surrounded by great friends and, and barbecue. You know, Famous Dave's? We ran off to Famous Dave's. Okay, I'm lying. That's, that's our theme this week is Famous Dave's. I don't know, didn't know how to, I don't know how to get it in there. Okay, so there you go. So uh, that's not true. We didn't run off to Famous Dave's. I don't, Dave, I don't know if they were around back then. But um, I did have to get it into the messages so the overly sensitive people won't criticize and mock me later on my team. You know who you are. Now, the point of the story, you're like, great story, right? Point of my story is I'm a jerk. Okay? What do I do? <laughs> Amen too. <laughs> okay, let me switch this around. The point of my that was Sherry's point of the story. Okay? But let me say this. The point I want to make, I wouldn't want anyone to treat me that way. It was completely wrong of me. And I didn't keep the promise. I gave Sherry the day I married her. I promised to uphold her and failed her that day. Why? Because religious people make promises. Spiritual people keep promises. And let me say this. Thank God I'm not religious anymore. Amen? Come on, you say louder than that. Amen. There you go. It's always a journey, isn't it? Okay, how do I transition from there? Crystal, you want to come up here? And say, no, okay. All right, I can do it. All right, what we are talking about is the golden rule in keeping promises and sensitivity, excuse me. By the way, if any of that story offended you, or you thought it was inappropriate, can I, from the bottom of my heart, Stop being overly sensitive. Okay. <laughs> okay, back to the golden rule. Here we go. I believe most people um, can define the golden rule. We've seen it. We see it in Matthew 7, or perhaps you have a certain way you say it. But if you don't know it, let's, let's get it back into our mind. Uh, it's defined this way. Again, let's look at it. Do to others what you would like them 
to do to you. Uh, Young people, everyone, get this into your makeup. It is what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, and it's a common sense rule. Now, when I talk about common sense, I'm not talking about your mother's common sense. My mom was that person that says it's just common sense, but I'll be kind of sarcastic about it. But whose common sense? My common sense. I'm talking about the common sense of Christ in the delight of the Lord. Who's with me? Okay. So we got to get the delight of the Lord in place as we're learning these so that then we have boundaries and limitations uh, wrapped around the Lord rather than maybe family or tradition or culture. Okay, so it is what Jesus um, taught. It's, a, it's, uh, it's common sense or it's a principle that's been around since the beginning of time. Jesus is not teaching anything new. It's been around for, for all of civilization. And it is recognized worldwide and in most faith systems. And it's not a secret like your mom's deodorant. You're yawning on me. That was funny. So it's not a secret like your... Any moms use secret? Come on. Oh, this is too personal now. There we go. You use it. Sherry uses it. Can I confess something? I didn't know what I was going to do with this. Sherry uses it, and I love it. Come on, Doc. Are you with me? No, he's got a manly old spice. It's good stuff. It works better than man's deodorant. You're like, are you talking about this? Yeah. A lot of people think I use it because of, uh, or my wife thinks I use it because of, um, of the product is maybe better than other products. I use it for its motto. Anybody know its motto? It's strong enough for a man, but made for a woman. That's who I am. Okay, come on, guys. Lighten up. You're oversensitive. Come on. Not to come back next week if you don't want to. But <laughs> So what's the problem besides the pastor? Okay, what's the problem? Why is the golden rule so hard to follow if it's not a secret and so widely known? Easily answered. Just as you heard in my story, this is the problem. People are, uh, have selfish tendencies and or are overly sensitive one way or another. They're either cold and distant, they're callous, or they're just overly sensitive. Now, if you've been in the world for the last two weeks or even the last month, would you agree with me? We live in a world that's overly sensitive, and unfortunately, it's coming into the church. And we have to stop it, and we have to be the model to make sure that we're caring for others and that we're responsible with others, that we're respecting others. I am so embarrassed for the Christian faith because we're going at them, we're being defensive, and we're criticizing, and, and, and we're in contempt with our attitude, and we're stonewalling people, and we call ourselves a Christian, that's nothing more than the four horsemen in the book of Revelation. It's killing everybody and causing the apocalypse of the world. And we're not after the apocalypse of the world. We're after the apocalypse of Jesus, who's with me. If you're reading the book of Revelation, stop your foolish interpretations of the book of Revelation. Rather than waiting for the end and being cruel and mean, turn it around and let's bring the apocalypse of Jesus, where the end times is the reality of who they are, being like the world, and they step into the true revelation of Jesus, and that happens, and the end times comes to that misery and that hell in their life. 
That's what the book of Revelation is all about. Let's stop waiting for the end of the world and let's build the kingdom of God right now in the here and now. And we got to do that by being respectful and being sensitive. And we have to learn how to think like Christ, how to develop a character of Christ through the teachings that we're talking about. And we got to learn how to bring those together so that then we can perform in a way that's going to honor everyone. Because Jesus said, Jesus said in Matthew 7, 12, Bring it up, Matthew 7, 12. So, in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up your your entire reality. So, in everything you do, express the caring aspects of Christ. In everything you do, be responsible in Christ. In everything you do, respect all people and the dignity of life. And in everything you do, build the competency of Christ in who you are and what you do so you can be part of the greatest movement that's ever existed in history. And that's the movement of Christ. Amen?